1: And welcome to another Healing Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and today we are going to be talking about 2012 and the Great Shift. My guest is considered a visionary on transitions facing humanity in 2012 and beyond. Patricia Corey is here with us today, author, teacher, and spiritual guide. She's been at the forefront of the spiritual movement after 25 years of studying indigenous cultures and ancient wisdom. She's been recognized as a gifted shaman by indigenous teachers of the Tibetan, Mayan, and Peruvian traditions after she participated in death-defying ceremonies of ancient cultures. She's also considered an expert on perception and the meaning ancient belief systems hold for us in the 21st century. She's also got many top-selling books, including The Syrian Revelations. These are channeled teachings from the speakers of the Syrian High Council, six-dimensional beings dedicated to the transformation of human consciousness. Other books include Atlantis Rising and her recent book, Where Pharaohs Dwell, One Mystic Journey Through the Gates of Immortality, is even close to having movie rights. Her much-awaited new book. Before We Leave You, Messages from the Great Whales and the Dolphin Beings. So with that, I would like to welcome to Healing Conversations, Patricia Corey. Welcome, Patricia.
2: Thank you, Lauren. I'm very honored to be with you.
1: Well, let's start with your recent book, The Dolphins and the Whales. What led you to write that book?
2: I'm a channel, as you've described, and recently, about a year and a half ago to two years ago, I started hearing for the first time messages coming in from a group of whales and dolphins. It was in the middle of a DNA workshop that I was teaching. And I I was contacted uh, with a plea for help. And when this plea came in, the message was, please help us before we leave you. That's how we got the title. And from there, I started receiving information from the whales and dolphins of the Earth through the ascended whales and dolphins who sit on the Syrian High Council who have been a channel for uh, for over 10 years. So that's how the contact was made. The first cry for help was, please help us, please help us before we leave you. In the middle of teaching, I was gobsmacked by this. It was completely uh, unex- something that I wasn't prepared for. And the process was pretty painful, having to hear their plea to the human race and then through their, the process of channeling for them, they explain their real purpose on the Earth and in the, in the galaxy because they are, in fact, multidimensional beings.
1: So what did they explain was the real purpose for them being here?
2: Well, they explain that the whales and dolphins are have been here at, since the beginning of time. And they exist on many planets, and they exist in many dimensions. They name themselves. They've given me the name of their tribe, which is the Kikwaki, which is not easy to pronounce. It's uh, attempted in the book phonetically, but that's as close as I can get to because it, I'm sure that something like that uh, when they when I hear it. But as close as I can get to it is Kikwaki. And this tribe is a multidimensional galactic tribe of beings whose responsibility it is to weave light through the universe, the physical universe, the three-dimensional realm, as well as through many dimensions. And they do this with great eloquence. They, they They weave light and they weave music. And their plea is, please help us, because if you don't help us hold the oceans together, the planet Earth isn't going to be in very good shape.
1: So what do they suggest for us to help them? How would we help them? How, any specifics? Well, I'd like to preface
2: by saying that people who read the book often report having feelings of great sadness as they start the book. And uh, my message is let yourself feel the sadness because that's what is uh, gripping us to move into action. So the actions are many. First of all, the, the sadness is, oh, my God, if we do not do something, we they're gone. And we cannot let that happen. And as long as I have a breath to breathe, it will not happen. And you can say, well, what can one person do? We are many. So I'm asking people to read the book, get the sensation, get the information, and then start moving. And we have a number of aspects to consider. For starters, we have got to stop the marine sonar blasts in the ocean, which we can talk about if you would like to elaborate on that. Um, We have got to stop whaling once and for all. You may not be aware of the fact that the whaling commission is allowing more and more license to kill more and more whales. The Japanese um, faction of the commission has been putting more and more pressure on the whaling commission until finally they started to open up more to Iceland, I believe Norway. We know that in the Faroe Islands they slaughter them for kicks for their testosterone levels, the young men. And it has to stop immediately because the whales communicate that that suffering to each other and it's just uh they're committing suicide. We cannot let this continue. So we believe we are the superior species on this planet. I personally wonder. I, I really believe the cetaceans are. And many animals who have so much more compassion. But we, the light workers, we, the life force of the human race, must now get out of our complacency. And although we, we, we love to say we trust the universe and it will all be for the divine order, I say great, but the universe also gives us the, the free will to take action. And there are so many things we can do to turn the tide on this horrific situation.
1: Just speaking with you, I'm covered in goosebumps, and I feel like I'm on the verge of tears. And perhaps that's the energy of the dolphins who are with us, probably even in this room and in this realm. It's good to feel emotion, and it's good for people to to understand
2: how this emotion moves through your body. It's important. I've got the goosebumps, too, and it's, it's also because we're in
1: synchronicity. You would go and teach with the dolphins. You swim with the dolphins. Tell us more about that work, and tell us about your most recent trip where you didn't see the dolphins. I am
2: currently now in the Azores Islands, which are uh, in the middle of the North Atlantic Ocean. It's kind of funny because any island I've ever been to somehow was near a coast, and this is in the middle of the ocean, so it's a little bit disorienting, Uh, but here we are, and I have organized three different groups of what I... I put the call out for human emissaries to come and help me help the dolphins understand that we are many and that we have heard their plea and we come to celebrate their beauty and their joy and their master, but that we also understand their suffering and the urgency. So uh, the point here is to um, bring that human compassion and passion to these beings and let them know that we will not allow what what is being perpetuated, the cold and all the other horrors. We will not allow it. As long as we can breathe, we will help them. At the same time, the Azores, as far as I'm concerned, is Atlantis. And it's interesting because the local people know it. So there is this incredible karma here. A lot of us are going through a lot of deep emotional shifting because of lifetimes in Atlantis. So very, very powerful experience. And um, this is my second group. And we, they went out today and they were gifted with Swimming with oh, about 150 dolphins, so it's been a very glorious day.
1: Any healing experiences that came out of that? Uh, I haven't been able to talk to all of the group because I I um, I wasn't on the boat today
2: because I had a, a little bit of an injury a few days ago on the boat. So I'm waiting to speak to them. But already a couple of people have told me how this feels, and I I personally know it very well. When you are with dolphins in the wild, sentinels come. And they do a x-ray sort of sound, uh, chakra balancing body work. So you're in the middle of the ocean, and I mean the North Atlantic. And they approach, there's usually two of them, because before they're gonna open the gates for you, they have to figure out who is this big fish. And they do a scan and and you could feel this light. You could feel your whole chakra system being aligned. So I I know because I see glowing faces from the few people that I've been able to encounter this afternoon before they've all come back in, and they're just in bliss. There's no way to describe it other than bliss. And it's the kind of bliss where you say to yourself, I could die right now. There's not a single problem with that. Take me with you and let it swim away. It is the
1: most magnificent
2: experience
1: ever. I hope to join you someday over there, Patricia. You know, you said Azores. Azores is Atlantis, and it's out there in the middle of the ocean, and it's just like Hawaii, which is Lemuria. Yes. And do we have everything that we wish to express with the dolphins and their message? Well, that
2: was, that's a tall order. But uh, I just, if we want to leave that conversation, I would just... Uh, implore everyone who's listening to please, please take time to consider the plight of the cetaceans on this planet and give help. You can help by, uh, there are so many organizations. One is bluevoice.org. One is, of course, the Great Sea Shepherds. There are so many that are putting their lives on the line to stop the torture, and the killing of cetaceans. So get into the action mode, please, please, please. And uh, they can always write to me at syrianrevelations.net if they want more information about what I'm up to.
1: Wonderful work that you're doing, really, and I know that resonates with all of us. When we were talking about, you were talking about the the marine bombing, does that have anything to do with HARP? Well, yes, it's... There is an
2: all-out attack on this planet. I think we pretty much can agree on that. And for a long time, people have thought of it as an all-out attack on the human race, but it's not. It's an attack on the biosystems of the planet for whatever purposes um, the dark forces have in mind. I I don't want to go to the dark place uh, and waste our beautiful time together. Mm
0: -hmm. However...
2: Unquestionably, the boy toys are bigger and badder than ever before, and the military is run. So Hart, um is sending out extremely low ELF frequencies, and that is a little bit different than sonar, which is uh, another device. And the military has waged war, the Navy, have waged war unquestionably on the ocean. There are now five-year programs underway from the military. Human race sat by, but for a few rebels like me and another uh, trooper named Rosalind Peterson who's doing wonderful activist work, we've sat by and we've let the military put these five-year plans into action. They are operating in all of the oceans of the world, and they are dropping bombs, dropping chemical blasting the oceans with over 1,000 decibel sonar waves, which is enough to blow your brains out. In fact, many cetaceans, whales and dolphins, are being found with their brains blown apart. And it's just a testing ground. It's time to destroy the oceans. In fact, if you look at the Gulf of Mexico, you you certainly can't believe that that was an accident because there was nothing done to fix it. Uh, So, I was just out on the water today, even though I wasn't in the boat with the group, and uh, I got a a very clear impression the ocean was telling me, don't underestimate the emotional body of Gaia. Rise up now. (laughs) And so I'm calling on everyone. We can change this. We must get out of the feeling of hopelessness, just as we've got to move beyond the move into action so that we don't ask the universe to fix everything we are the vital force of this planet
1: we have to do it we can't wait for outsiders et's to come in and help us we have to do this i want to ask why why destroy the oceans
2: well you've read the book atlantis rising and i, I need to just correct uh earlier when you said i'd written a book called syrian revelations and another called atlantis rising In actuality, the Syrian Revelations is the sort of name for the entire trilogy of those first three books called The Cosmos of Soul, Atlantis Rising, and the third is No More Secrets, No More Lies. And the interesting thing is that these books were first channeled in 2000. I mean, the, the first book came out in 2000, and they are utterly prophetic, very precisely. When you read them now, they are especially powerful now. In fact, they're very popular now because all of it is unfolding now. So, according to the Syrian High Council, the reason for the attack on the planet is because this planet Nibiru, which many people refer to as planet X, is desperately attempting to come back into, close enough into orbit to reach resonance with planet Earth. This is a little bit esoteric here. It sounds like, science fiction, but I'm sure your audience is comfortable with it, and they want to reach resonance with the planet Earth so that they can be pulled into our solar system in time for ascension. That is a very uh, scant way to describe the intricacies of of that whole procedure, which you've just read, I believe, in Atlantis Rising. Yes. Mm. So... It is not going to happen. They are not going to drag the Earth down, but they're doing everything they can possibly think of to
1: lower the vibration of the planet, just short of killing the planet. They want the planet. Are they going to ascend as well, or they're not of that vibratory level? Right, but they are re- re-
2: careening around in space between Sirius and our sun, which Sirius called ra And they're on a trajectory back and forth between these two solar systems. And even though word has it that Planet X has entered our solar system, the Council say no, they're only halfway back. And they are trying to, in a sense, the electromagnetic grid they put around the Earth was like a lasso, And they're trying to pull themselves in uh, as a planetary body to make it into our solar system because the whole solar system is going to ascend according to the Syrians.
1: It's very elaborately described in the book, Atlantis Rising. So if but, they make it back in, if they're able to do that, then they will ascend with us. Well, that's their pipe dream, but they are not going to ascend. They still are not of the
2: vibra- vibratory essence to move. They have got such horrific karma. They're not going anywhere. Okay. So nothing uh, it's to worry like about. the best-case scenario I believe, what I hear from the council is they would, if they if they even could make this ascension um, um, dynamic where they were reaching resonance with the earth, they would put it stuck in the gray zone because they are not ready for ascension. And I prefer that they work out, their, I always use the word prefer. I prefer that they work out their karma without attaching to the earth and just let us be. I think we all prefer that. (laughs) It's good to keep it as a preference without getting so addicted to the whole reptilian, uh, bad guy paradigm that all we're doing is reliving the um, (coughs) Judeo-Christian paradigm. That won't help us one bit. We don't need a savior. There isn't a hell and a heaven. It's us. We're here. We have to make it work.
1: One of the topics in your book that does not, that we've not heard anything about. I mean, we're starting to hear more about disclosure and ETs, but we don't hear anything about the inner earth. So tell Mm -hmm. us more about the inner earth, because that's, I mean, that fascinates me, and I know so many others. Any word of the inner earth civilizations coming out to help us? Will we all be able to, will we go to the inner earth? Um, this is a really good question, and the first answer is,
2: unfortunately, we don't get help. It, it, we, we've got to do this ourselves. And it's like, how are we going to do this? As a, there is a catalyst coming, but it isn't about the inner Earth beings coming out to help us. In fact, uh, with increased radiation on the planet, uh, the, pro- the projections that they would be joining us at the time of ascension have been pushed back because they cannot bear the radiation level on the surface, and the near surface. So they are hunkering down, if you would, if you would staying very... They've got... Uh, have you ever heard of RIL? RIL power? No. V R I L? No. They have a device, which I don't understand how it works exactly, but at all the portal entrances to the inner earth Shambhala Agartha, all the gateways are protected by a force called the grill, which will disintegrate anything that comes near it. Um, I don't know a lot about it other than to know that no one will penetrate there until they are ready. And at the moment they are not at all interested in having contact with us because we just can't seem to get it together out here on the surface. But I do believe that we are very close to contact now, and that despite the scary E.T. bad guy paradigm scenario that we're being blasted with, the code of ethics in multi-dimensional reality is very like Star Trek, and that is uh, you cannot intervene in a sovereign planet unless the goings on of this planet directly intervene and interfere with outlying bodies, heavenly bodies. And the radiation drama in Fukushima Mm
0: -hmm.
2: most likely is the catalyst for this to happen because we are now dangerous to the rest of the universe. There is also a secret space program going on weaponizing space. This will not be tolerated. So I really believe that very soon now. Not saviors. I I really dislike that, that idea. We don't need another messiah or Jesus or any other ascended master to come and heal us, but the awakening of the entire human race, that we are not alone in the universe, and that there are light forces coming in. This is coming. It is not necessarily they're going to intervene and make the bad guy go away. It is just the human race needs a catalyst. We need to believe in something again. The gloom and doom has to go. And I'm not speaking about the enlightened people and the awakening. I'm talking about the 8 billion people on this planet need a catalyst. And it's coming.
1: Any word of what that catalyst coming is or oh, gosh, i
2: have got the goosebumps going up and down up and down how about you i do i do <laughs> um content is imminent and according to my sources and i i just i will hope that you know that everything i say is based on what i believe is true okay um the crop circles are the harbingers of a new phase and that is sky circle we are being shown the international, sorry, the interdimensional language of intelligence. And that is number, ratio, and geometry, of course. So the crop circle phenomenon has just about run its course. Now we have all kinds of intervention. We have all this drama about they're all man-made. We seem to have gone back to the days of um, Doug and, what were their names, Doug and... Uh, I can't remember the two old guys suppose that supposedly we were running around the fields with sticks. Um, yes, yes. We seem to be going backtracking now, and now I'm towards the people are saying that they're all man-made. That is not true. It simply isn't true. I, it's so There's obvious. So much
1: together. Yeah, it's so obvious. I just don't know why more people don't just get it. It's as if they don't have eyes to see on their own. They have eyes. They can see. But if someone... Yes. With the Norway Blue Spiral. The Norway Blue Spiral in, in December of 2009, it was ridiculous that someone could say that that was a rocket gone bad. A rocket gone bad doesn't make such a beautiful pattern. Right. And the Council have been saying that
2: the crop circles will be followed by circles and geometric patterns in the sky. And these will be your next symbol because... They are not, the, the life forces are not coming in like a flotilla of uh, military-like star, star Wars. They're going to be showing you beautiful geometry, wisdom, intelligence in the sky. That's the
1: next phase.
2: And this has begun.
1: What does that do to us? It's it's like a song has a vibration and the sound can cre- sound can create geometric patterns. If you take wax paper and sand and put it on a speaker, it will make a geometric form. So when we see those patterns in the sky, what's it doing to us?
2: For starters, we are starting to see the dimension, the veil drop, and we are starting to actually, even though many people cannot recognize it yet, the sky is different now. Like Like the... Thousands of years ago, the, the whole mariners and all people based their lives, the calendars, on the stars. And then we moved into this ridiculous technological phase of humanity. We are now suddenly realizing that the sky is the palace. and And it's anybody's game, what we're going to be seeing shown to us on the greatest TV screen of all time. Is it going to be projections of warrior ships, they have the capacity now to do that. The holographic potential of the military or are always going to start getting unquestionable information of intelligence, light beings, intelligent beings, showing us the language of the multiverse. And it's happening already because the old days you used to get the occasional single sighting, now people are seeing uh, hundreds of ships light ships, and you've got a ship that opens up into 12 ships, and they dance around. I mean, this is happening in many places, and it's going to continue to happen. It will be coming more and more and more until the moment when the entire planet has a simultaneous light show. That's coming very soon.
1: I want to share a dream real quick that was very profound. It was one of those early morning dreams where you wake up in the morning, then you go back to sleep, And we were in a situation, and it seemed like it was Hawaii. It was over with the ocean. Lots of people all outside in the park with picnic tables. Three ships came out of the sky. They were like the propeller of a motorboat, and it was purple, yellow, and green, just bright colors on each of these ships. And they came down, and they just hovered. And everyone freaked out and went under the tables, like that's going to save them. And...
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just heard the cover procedures,
1: <laughs> and yeah. I just heard that um, stay calm, stay calm. And then that was my role was to tell everyone to stay calm. And after they left, people got up, and over loudspeakers we heard that gasoline will no longer work, and so we were making boats out of trash bags. And that's the end of that dream. Wow! And a year earlier, I had seen a UFO experience, and in my first. Instinct was fear, knees shaking, and that sort of thing. So are you thinking that these interactions now are just helping to soften the blow? I don't think it is
2: going to be a blow. Mhm I think that uh it is going to it is intended to counteract the horror show that we're being given by the power on this planet but I don't think we're going to have battleship galactical warfare in the sky. I believe that the next phase is the light beings and the positive forces in the universe that are looking at Earth saying, this little planet has got to get with the program. Wake uh, up. They will have license to enter full awareness grid, full awareness awakening. Because we are becoming invasive to beyond our beyond our realm, uh, there's a huge program going on to uh, militarize the space around this planet, and we know that they're on Mars and we know that they're on the Moon, right? Yes. If you don't know, I'm more than happy
1: to talk about that. Yes, we do know that. Yeah. Okay. So um,
2: that given, I believe that the Fukushima
1: deliberate. Episode deliberate um, harp related yeah it's causing the earthquake
2: yeah uh, the harp forces are so full tilt now and they are combined with the chemtrails so that they can shoot a beam angle a beam at a certain uh, angle and then have it bounce off the chemtrail grid and then zap in re- in relationship to that um, angular proportion. They can pretty much zap any way they want, and we now we have reports that the atmosphere over Japan heated up tremendously before the earthquake. And we also know that HARP is an ionospheric heater. So I don't believe there's any question that that was an accident. And there's also no apparent attempt to do much about it to clean it up. It's so similar to the the Gulf of Mexico that if people haven't drawn the parallel, I I wonder why. Could it be that because they're adding lithium to the drinking water? Um, It is scary to talk about these things, and it's scarier to put our heads in the sand and ignore them because we will never affect the change we need to do as responsible guardians of this planet. So I personally can't bear to talk about radiation because when I was 12 years old, I remember uh, hiding in the cellar convinced the world was going to come to an end. And it didn't. But now as an adult, I feel that uh, we cannot ignore these things because the more we ignore it, the more they're going to do. And so we look at these these things and say to ourselves, what does this mean for the future? What does it mean for the planet? And what does it mean for my personal life and for all around me? And the negative side is how dark it is. The positive side is Well, okay, this is what it's going to take for the great opening to occur, that being the runaway violence against the planet Earth expanding outward to the point where intelligent beings are allowed to come in and and, uh, help us get our position as members of the galactic family. Then bring it on. Let's just get it over with. Let's see what the worst is so we can get to the best.
1: Without fear. There's a number of things going on when let's look at the economy, when Americans were bailing out the banks and the banks were still giving them, them themselves bonuses, where was the revolution? When the Gulf oil explosion volcano occurred, now everything's back to normal, where was the revolution in that? And now we have a nuclear Reactor, I cannot believe I can't fathom that they would pinpoint, and I just it just blows me away that there would be someone who plans out something like that, an earthquake followed by a tsunami and a nuclear meltdown back in the day, there were uh nuclear reactors in California on fault lines, and people would go and protest then, what's it going to take a revolution? Well, it's going to take human uprising, peaceful uprising and
2: awakening and and that's why, in the middle of our interview you 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 stumbled and said, "Oh, I hate to go to the dark place," and most of us don't hate to go to that place, and so it keeps getting pushed back, and they keep getting away with more and It is only when the entire body, at least the awakening people, say, "No, I stand for this planet," and we start rebelling. And that may involve personal suffering and loss. As I always tell people in my workshops, you may be tested. It's great to talk the talk, but you will be tested. And you're going to have to decide how much courage you've got. And it's much easier to just ask the universe to make it go away. So each of us knows what that point is. We have a karmic reason for being here. We pretty much must have been some pretty interesting people if we signed up for this. And I'm ready to do everything I can, bearing all of it. So I'm a very loud voice, and I know I aggravate some of the powers that be, but I will not be silenced until I put them in the like, to rest. And we do the best we can. And for some people, that's being... Hanging off of a rope in the radiated waters of Japan on the green ship Greenpeace ship. For others it's writing letters of protest. For others it's prayer, Whatever it is, The important thing is getting out of our own personal experience, like, "Oh, I'm so thrilled, uh, my third eye's opening and all this neat stuff. And realizing that man, we have to unite as light workers on this planet. And now we have to work for the planet. And that's a big shift for some, for a lot of people. And I'm calling people to it.
1: I think so many of us are feeling that call to help Mother Earth. Thank you for your work on that. It really is incredible. Thank you. You mentioned earlier that the sky is changing. Rainbow clouds, what's that about? Yeah, especially in the crop circles, you see
2: there's a lot going on. Uh, the dimensions are merging. You can start to see, I I call it holes in the dimension. And tears in 3D. And I think that people are pretty soon going to be really even tested. They might be thinking they're going crazy. Because everything is shifting so rapidly now that you can see things that you just can't explain. And one of these is um like I was on the boat today, and I was looking at the mountain, and it looked like the entire mountain was melting. Now, granted, I do have a, a strong clairvoyant capacity, but I just was thinking, "Wow, where am I? Am I? What dimension am I in?" It was—it wasn't an optical illusion because the boat was moving. The mountain just went and then it bounced back. And I believe that. This is part of our transition, where everything that we we understand, we believe, we think, we see, is going to be questioned. Nothing is going to be what it seemed before, and this is going to require a very strong groundedness, utter honesty with yourself. It's very easy to bring yourself into fantasy states of who you are and what you see and where you have your past lives and all this. We're utter grounding solidarity with the planet and um, utter honesty with yourself. I don't know if I got off the track on that answer.
1: I want to ask you, if you've got a perception of what 2012 is, have you been guided or given the message or the vision of the shift? We're already in it. Yes,
2: we're already in it. In fact, the council back in 2000 spoke of the desert days. The desert days are coming, and you will walk through the those. There will be those of you who will carry the lantern as you walk through the desert days. And I, I thought this was a pretty ambiguous uh, term. I, I questioned if they what they meant was a time of aridity and difficulty. But I, I only just realized that they were talking about the Middle East.
0: The I was like, Revelation. Days. The
2: desert days. <laughs> the desert days of every Middle Eastern country, Egypt, and Libya included, all of these countries are in revolt. And they describe this as being the precursor to the, the Great Shift the the actual shift. And so I feel that we are, it's very imminent now. We we have the date two thousand twelve, December twenty first. That is a sort of a flag, it's a marker it's a timeline marker, and that's all it is. So in other words, 2012, 22, we're going to wake up. It'll be three days from Christmas, until Christmas, and life will go on. But it's going to be a great shift in consciousness. For starters, 8 billion people will, never, will no longer be afraid of December 21st, 2012. So try to put this in your hat for a minute. Eight billion people have an opinion about that date. Well, let's say seven and a half, and probably half of them are just too high to even know what day it is. (laughs) But most people on this planet, with all the momentum that's building, with all of the media hype and whatever, are fixating on that date. And all of that energy is very polarizing because there are those of us who are saying, bring it on, and there are those who are saying, it's the apocalypse we're going down so December 22nd that will be over all of that will be over uh-huh. just like the Y2K some people actually told me I'm kind of disappointed nothing happened I I was all psyched out and I go yeah and I'll bet you've got to eat a lot of lima beans because of your survival kit <laughs> so I, I think that uh, we will wake up on the 22nd it will be a new day But we will start now at that point really, first of all, feeling this enormous surge of energy from eight billion people dumping that fear. And that is going to be a trigger of moving into expectation and out of dread. And this is so naturally a part of the shift into a higher consciousness state of being. I got move both on that too and always feel
1: yeah, expectation again instead of dread. You know, when Christmas rolls around and it's Christmas Day, unless you've got emotional baggage, but for the for the most part, when Christmas comes, people are happy. They're in that joy. Drive yeah. around, you feel happy. And wouldn't it be great if that was the way it is every day?
2: Well, I'd like to say anticipation rather than expectation. Because expectation is a bit of a downer. It uh, it can let you down every time. Anticipation feels more like, okay, I'm ready. What's coming? I do really also think that uh, it is very soon now that we have validation that we are not alone in the universe. And that this is going to be a joyous thing and not a frightening thing.
1: We've just been programmed since the 50s or the War of the Worlds. We've been programmed fear of aliens, so if (laughs) we can get out of that fear. Now, you say, I've heard interviews with you in the past saying that there's aliens walking among us. Yes. How do we recognize them? (laughs) That's a very good question.
2: (laughs) We know, it's pretty much understood. Well, When I say we know, I should backtrack and say that I believe that we have some pretty dark aliens working with governments. And they are called Alpha Draconians and they utilize the the, the grays. And they've wreaked a lot of havoc on this planet. Are they aliens from another star system? Are they beings from the future that have stepped back to interact with planet Earth? Are they Nibiruan reptile? I don't think it really matters. The name we give them There's definitely an alien or some sort of futuristic negative force working with the governments of this planet. And um, they're here, and uh, plenty of reports talk about how they're working on different levels underground. There's a whole hubbub about this. And even if you don't believe any of that, you do have to ask yourself, how has humanity made these horrific technological advances? Yesterday I heard that they've implanted a goat, or they've genetically modified a goat, a goat with human DNA, so that it can produce human milk. These are horrific things. I don't. Uh, how did we reach this point? Ten years ago, twelve, fifteen years ago, there was no internet. There were there was so much less technology, and then suddenly we've run amok with DNA manipulation and GMOs. And I think there's definitely some force that is, uh, has intervened. And whether that's something from the future which anything is possible in the cosmos of soul. So perhaps there are beings that have come through a time machine and, or a time, (laughs) time machine sounds so TV. But uh, anyway, I'm not sure what that is. But I do believe that uh, there are also enormous forces at work uh, waiting for planet Earth to grow up and cannot wait any longer because of what we are about to do. Because really, they're about to blow up the planet and this will not be tolerated. It's very reassuring for me personally, I I hope I can transmit this to other people to, to have this information Because we all get into fear, it's like this beautiful goddess Earth. Why must it be destroyed? And uh, to receive the answer, don't fret. The Earth knows exactly what to do. She is mighty. She is powerful. Hang in there. Watch what happens. And so I, I really do believe we have an appointment here. We are going to be privileged to one of the greatest happenings in any galactic environment in this huge multiverse and that uh the dark forces are about to get they're come up and and why are they so desperate and that's because they know their time is up this is my belief
1: now in the shift there's some who have seen a vision that the earth is going to go into two that those who don't raise their vibratory level they go off on another earth Mm -hmm. and then us live, or is there a new earth that we're moving to? I don't like the
2: theory that people who don't raise their level don't get to go, because it's extremely religious. Mm -hmm. It's the old story. Mm -hmm. Heaven and hell, you're sinners, and I just don't, don't resonate with that. I think that, for starters, we all know when we come into this world what we're coming to do. We know when we're coming in, and we know when we're going out. And this is one thing that people got to get their heads around when they're in that fear, that horrible fear. The answer to that fear is, this is a contract you made with yourself. We all die, whatever that process is. There's nobody that I know of who has managed to avoid it. Right. So, whether that process of transition, because I don't like the word dying, uh, involves ascension in a conscious experience where you 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 live through the whole thing physically, you experience yourself turning into light, but in full consciousness, or whether you go through the, the death process only to reach the light and decide to reincarnate once again somewhere else. Oh, what's the big difference? There's no good guy area here, you know? But yeah, we'd like to think that all the reptiles and the bad dark forces are gonna stay in a broken, battered earth, and all the good light beings are gonna move into a higher realm, and I don't subscribe to that paradigm because it's just more of the same garbage that has brought us to this place and that is religious fervor and based on you're never good enough, only the good people make it, nah, I don't think so, I think that we all leap out from source, the one flame and we leap into the abyss of darkness and we spend this enormity of thousands of lifetimes coming back up that spiral. To eventually merge back in. And whether we choose to rotate around thousands of lifetimes in the abyss of darkness, or whether we take giant leaps, it's all up to us. It's not up to anyone else. And even the Earth, she's the same as we are. She's ready to go. She knows what she's doing. She knows where she's going. It's all good. So attached to this reality, but we're being gifted with the opportunity to see the reality shift. And as this happens, we will have peaks. I don't mean peaks like P A P E A K S, although we have those too, but peaks, glimpses of this other density. It's starting to happen. And you realize you're eternal. And My mother, she's here. She's still wearing the same dress. And she says, it's beautiful here, honey. I don't want you to hurry, but I'll have the coffee on when you get here. Wow. Uh, Okay, because our thing was drinking coffee together. (laughs) And so uh, we really, the best thing that we can do to avoid sadness and start getting into the celebration of all this is I am an immortal being. I knew what I was doing when I came in and I knew when I was going to go. So nothing can harm me because it's all pre-planned for my highest good. And in the meantime, I am going to help this planet resonate to its highest, highest frequency. And I'm going to celebrate every minute.
1: And that's the best we can do. That's the best we can do. Help the planet and really bring heaven on earth. That feeling, we have to bring it out into our world. Stop and worrying about what's going to happen and start living every moment. My my mantra is I'm going to
2: have as much beauty and fun as I can as quickly as possible and make every minute matter. And I'm dedicated to doing
1: that. I'm doing a pretty good job of it too. You are doing a wonderful job. You've dedicated your life to it. In the future, and and our trade and the economy, what's the new economy like? Have you had any thoughts towards that? Yeah, I think that we are looking at
2: being forced into what we should be doing all along, which is getting back to community. Mm-hmm. We've lost community. Do you know the, na- the names of your neighbors? Not all of them. Do you, No. I mean, and they, oh, they've managed to make sure we don't. Because we're sealed in our little units with our computers and our iPhones and our gadgets. And we're so insular now. We don't even talk to each other directly anymore. We text each other. That's all deliberate. And uh, when these things are gone, and they will be gone, it's going to be better for us. We're
0: clinging to it like, they're going to get away from us. Oh, no.
2: It was only ten years ago we didn't have it. I was perfectly fine, as I recall.
0: Take it away.
2: Let me go have baked banana nut bread and a cup of coffee with my neighbor, and get back to the basics. So um, you're going to see a huge shift in how we we consider neighborhood, community, and exchange. And I don't think the whole financial thing is going to collapse anyway. I think that's a bunch of hype. Uh, the powers that be don't want it to collapse. They they manipulate it. It's not like they can't control it. They manipulate it. And as long as there's money, we're slaves. Now, why would they want to, to collapse? That doesn't make sense. It's just the hype. Buy gold, buy silver, buy this, buy that. Protect yourself. But unquestionably... Uh, we are being squeezed to the point where what we considered our our standard of living is changing dramatically. And the power wants us to be very much more slave like and be grateful for our little crust of bread. Right?
0: But human nature
2: Mm. isn't going to go for that. We're not going to go for that. We're already starting to find ways to get around that. That's human nature. So there will be more barters, there will be more illegal vegetable gardens because before long you're not going to be allowed to grow your own vegetables. people are already talking about secret hy of uh, what's it called hy-
1: uh, hydroponic.
2: Hydroponic. Hydroponic. hydroponic hydroponic gardens in the home and uh, this is all good let's get creative let's start growing our own food let's get back to nature It's the darkness isn't it interesting how the universe works our objective is to get back to nature, but we're too distracted to do that. So if the dark force is going to force us to do it, well, great. Whatever way we get back, it's good. So I've already been talking to my neighbors and saying, well, "All right, you've got tomatoes, I've got fruit. Let's 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 just exchange here." And you know, it's not taking long to get other people involved. And yeah, let them poison the E. coli plastic food. Um, we have to get back to an understanding that we create our own reality and we can work together and we've got to get out of that isolationism and back to community. So I think we're going to see a lot of bartering. Some of it will have to be
0: it's illegal, illegal. <laughs>
2: until we them out. Because when we take back over our power, they won't be able to hold up their structure. They need our slavery.
1: To hold it up and that's going. I just wonder about all the mortgages that are out there. So the you lose
2: your $800,000 house you know we're overinflated. we don't have to have these things. So you've had fun having this luxurious $800,000 house with a swimming pool and suddenly you're living in a $100,000 house. It's all good and just remember that you can't take it with you anyway. So you appreciate if you are at all spiritual spiritual person, you learn to appreciate what you've got. It's not, I'm not suggesting that everybody has to go live in a calm, calm and renounce all comfort. You appreciate it while you've got it, and if you lose it, you find an alternative and you appreciate that. And find peace because the fear of it all is much worse than
1: what's going to come. And a time when Mother Earth is at this stage, we—you had mentioned that we need to join our hearts. We need to be in oneness.
2: And Indeed, I was uh, after I had this accident on the boat, which is—I'd like to emphasize—it wasn't so serious, but I had some back pain. And the group that I'm with were still in bed, and I went down to the breakfast room because I wanted to show them that I was alive. And I walked, sat down, and a complete stranger said you looked at me, and I said, "When is the last time somebody did that?" And I said, "Yes, I, I've got a little back pain. Oh, I'm so sorry. I hope you'll be better." And I thought, you know, really, how often do these strangers do that? Care enough or dare to share that caring? And I said to this man afterwards. You give me hope for the human race." He said, sorry? I said, it's just a thought. Thank you for asking. Let's start caring, not only in our spiritual circles and in our meditations and whatever, but really caring about the other. And we'll fix
1: it. A simple hello. I live up in the mountains in Boulder, and everyone has the wave. We wave and we pass each other. And then down in in the city, I I play the game with people because I call it the bolder frown. And, uh, you know, just a smile literally turns it upside down. And it's still interesting to me, some people that you smile at and they still don't receive it. Maybe they're just so caught up in their own mental stuff that they are not open to receive a smile. Yeah, well, it's threatening. It's like,
2: that is not in order. That doesn't fit the paradigm. What's wrong with that person? Is she nuts? <laughs> Really, I mean, this is what we've come to. It's like if you are not behaving in lithium mode in a lot of environments where you're just glazed or walking down the street with your cell phone going, uh, a smile can be in a position of threat, and
1: we need to reverse that. One smile at a time, I guess. That's right. Uh, I did not know about the lithium in the water, and... There's a new
2: mandate out that uh, you can find out information about this on the net, that apparently the government has uh, decided to, first of all, I interject that if they say they're deciding to do it, it's already done. Uh, They've announced that they're going to be putting in uh, minute amounts of lithium, lithium, in the drinking water, and that is because so many people are committing suicide. So they feel it would be an assistance to people with bipolar disease, which of course doesn't really exist, Mm -mm. and suicide. And I'm like, is anybody listening to this? So you're gonna lithium the entire population, and your excuse is to help people not commit suicide? People are gonna wake up to that and start demanding to know what's in their water, and rebel against this. All of these laws are being put in because nobody's listening. Nobody's caring. People are allowing this to happen. It's just like the GMO, Monsanto, abortion of the food, and then the latest Codex Alimentarius, which is taking away all, we can't have any more natural supplements. And, you know, they must be really having a laugh because nobody's fighting it. Not enough people, at least. So, yeah, we say, well, I'll still get my... I'll still get my organic vegetables. Really? There's no way you can have organic vegetables if the planet is covered with GMO plants because they transmigrate. And uh, the idea is to complete control of the food supply.
1: What are you about? But
2: investing them in the water is severely unacceptable. So my message to your listeners is find out. Get to your water company or to uh, groups that are protesting this and get information about what is going into your water because everybody has to drink water, right? And what a great way to just get the population to roll over is just
1: drug them. This is not acceptable. No, it's not acceptable. Stay in tune. Everyone just needs to stay in tune outside the mainstream media. I came from that and it is yeah, maybe they're putting lithium in the water of the journalist bottles. I mean, I've seen
2: journal complete, journalists completely lose their minds on the air. Oh, really?
1: There's been a few incidents where they
2: start to stumble and stammer and uh camera pans out, and I think they're getting zapped.
1: How do they get zapped?
2: Do we really want to go there in your interview? I yeah, are there are the... The military corporate complex that runs the world has weaponry that we can't even dream of. Whatever they've got is 25 years ahead of what we know they've got. So they've been playing with sound warfare and mind control for years. And they're talking about mind scans and pretty soon to get through an airport, they're going to do a scan on your brain and see if you have any suspicious thoughts. I mean, this is well. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. everything is possible, and, and the positive, everything is possible in darkness and light. The positive way that I like to end all thoughts of darkness is that I am a sovereign being, and I am encircled in light, mm-hmm. and it is so incredible, so perfect, that nothing can enter my space ever. Period. Hello. And nothing ever will. And that is really important if we're going to talk about these things, these things, to also remind people that that mantra is very important. Mm -hmm. When you walk out of the house, you brush your teeth, you do your hair, you put on your makeup, but do you take the time to say, I am a sovereign being, I am encircled in the white light, and nothing can enter this space. And it won't. We have a lot of help. Excellent. It's important to remember that. Mm
1: -hmm. But it's also important not to drink lithium-laced
2: water if you can avoid it. So it's like, let's be grounded too and do everything possibly we can to make our three-dimensional experience as pure as possible.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the Mayan calendar. We're in the ninth wave of unity consciousness. Isn't it interesting that on March 9th we entered into that ninth wave, and March 11th was a solar flare, and the Japan earthquake yeah. in correlation.
2: Yeah. Well, the Atlantis Rising
1: speaks a lot about the power
2: of the sun and the wisdom of the sun, the sun knowing exactly what it's doing, and I really believe that this is one of the reasons why. They are trying to prevent us from seeing the sun with ChemDrill while we're being completely massaged into total sunscreen at every moment. Do we need Uh,
1: sunscreen?
2: um, It would be wise not to sit and bake in the sun like some people do for 10 hours in the extreme direct rays of the sun, which are stronger now. But I personally have never used sunscreen. I want the sun to enter my body. This is, we know it's the vitamin D source par excellence. Why would I want to screen it out? Oh yes, that's it. We'll sit outside, we'll lather ourselves up with these chemical, cancer inducing chemicals, and then sit in front of a sunlight lamp, UV lamp, to get the, I mean, what is that? Yeah. That's ridiculous. We've got these beautiful natural sources of energy. It is important to use your intelligence, and it's not great to cook so that your skin gets bubbles up. But for God's
1: sake, get out in the sun and enjoy it. The sun
2: knows exactly what it's
1: doing. Let's talk real quick about chemtrails because I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, with chemtrails, like cloud busting, you know that you can stare at a cloud for long enough. Try it. Try it with just the little ones, and you can will it to disappear. The movie mm-hmm. Men Staring at Goats came up with this, or that was presented in that movie. So when I see the chemtrails, I put my hand up, and every single time it stops. After a few wow. months, it's not immediate. Isn't that one way that we can all go out and know our, the energy that comes out of our hands? And it's in pure love. It's not in fear.
2: The power of human intention is immense. So I don't know if it's the hands or the mind or the eyes or whatever, but the intention is everything. Because remember that thought follows intention, action follows thought, and materialization follows that. So if you have such purity of intention, that you command this to go into the highest good for all, Whatever your tool is, I think is irrelevant. But we all have gifts. We all work with different tools. But I agree with you completely. In fact, this is something that I have not mastered yet. I really get
1: aggravated about Kendra. <laughs> Try it the next time. And I really, really just get me. And you can see the planes. You can oh, yeah. see that they're way up high, and they're usually not going in normal flight paths. The airport is one way, and this is going way, not even to California or anywhere. And then what's ironic, maybe it's not ironic, grids, perfect grids. Oh, you know, they're, they're establishing grids. Wherever that X occurs,
2: the, the reason why they do these grids, they either they do a grid back, back and forth, back and forth, and then they go to a 90-degree perpendicular grid, or... They do stripes and then they do X's in the sky. And that is because whatever the garbage is that they're um, sending out, it starts to accumulate more effectively at those nodes where they've created the, the intersection. It accumulates more quickly and more densely and spreads out more easily than if they just do the lines, which have no interacting, in other words, parallel lines diffuse and eventually are lost more readily than where they do the intersections, where they just stick to each other and then start to amass. So that's what that's about. And I think it's also about some sort of marking system so that from the satellites or from wherever they're observing these, they've got X's marked and like "This this is your target range. Shoot your beam here. It's ugly stuff. But yes,
1: I am working on improving my attitude about it because it aggravates me and that is not good for anything. Well then, let's play a fun game and everyone out there, try this and check back with us because I know if we can do this in pure love, I'm all with you on the new method. I really think that's one way to do it and this is another thing that helps people realize the power that we've got. Just another way to see our power
2: many people have completely forgotten, and others are starting to remember. And that is that it is the intention. Intention precedes thought. Thought precedes action. Action precedes manifestation. And we've had it through the centuries, mind over matter. It's been called everything throughout time. But we're starting to get it. Another thing that's happening is we're seeing that manifestation is happening fast. Wow. It used to be like maybe in the next lifetime you get it. And then you know, maybe in a few years you'll you'll finally manifest it. But now it's like yesterday. You think it and manifest it.
1: The, the good and the bad. And the bad, exactly. So yell you at your husband and you watch out. Right? Yeah. You yell at There's your family.
2: To watch your thoughts and set your intentions for not only your own good, but for the high it's definitely
1: the most rewarded. I've interviewed folks who say it's this selfless service with no expectation of reward. That's right. And that's quite a challenge is we still have to pay to put a roof over our heads. But yeah. we know what to do and it's, all, it's a transition and we're getting there one foot in front of the other.
2: Well, one of the great ways to manifest whatever you need to get to keep the roof over, is to ask for abundance. Never ask for money. Abundance. Never, ever, ever ask for money. It comes in strange and mysterious ways. Just ask the universe to provide. You're doing the work. You're a good human being. Please allow me the abundance to continue my work, and you will be provided for. But if you say, come on, universe, let me win the lottery, watch out.
1: And I really think it goes back to people living their passion. You are living your passion, and you're taken care of. And I think the new world that we're moving into, more and more people will realize that they've got to live their passion, not waste their lives working at a job they despise. So true, Laura. A lot of people are going through this huge reality shift of, I no longer want to do this. Big time, That's and it's accelerated even with people I know that are independent as realtors.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. But what is that next purpose?
2: Well, that brings up another point, and that is finding your mission, which is what people ask me the most. I was going to answer another point, and that is you have to be willing to take a leap like the fool and the tarot. Yes. You know that if you look at the, the best, if you have issues with this, Get yourself a tarot deck, the original deck, the Rider Waite deck, and pull out that card, the Fool, and meditate on that card, and you will see he's about to leap off that cliff, and he is in such grace. He knows, he knows that there's no danger. And this card has has been a great gift to me because I have leaped, left so many times. I moved from the states to Italy without a clue, without an address, without a bankroll. I just said, I have to live that dream before I'm too old to enjoy it. And many of the things I do are completely, utterly foolish, foolish. And I'm willing to suffer loss for following my dream, but I ask the universe to keep me in abundance so that I can keep working. And if things slow down and become difficult, not a problem. I can always manage less. So I'm grateful for what I have. And if I have less, I'll be grateful for that. And try to always keep the flow. So as you receive, you keep that coat moving through you and it will always stay flowing in. It's the people that kind of hang on. I can't lose this. What if I lose this? Bam. Guess what? It's going. Or the hoarders. It's too much suffering. I can always live in a one room little bungalow somewhere and be happy, because the secret of life is not possession. So take a risk, leap off the cliff, live your dream now.
1: And the Hindus say if you knew you could manifest anything to meet your needs, why do you hoard your money? Yeah. So hoarding, I guess no more silver, gold, Get you know that's old school. Sure. Yeah, I okay. have a few
2: dear people who are constantly talking to me about, uh, I've just gotten a new update on silver. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Buy seeds. Plant a garden. And by the way, there's no point in hoarding if your neighbors are hurting, because if you're sitting fat cat in a cute little housey poo with a garden full of food and chubby teenagers and starving neighbors, they will shoot you to get it yeah. if it comes to that. So, get out of that ridiculous mindset. Start growing a garden. Talk to your neighbors. Say, "Were there to be an emergency, what can we do to make sure that we're all taken care of?" And spread it out. Make it a bigger neighborhood. Let's spread the word and we'll be okay. So if it's if the stock market falls, let us fall. You lose the money, you'll make more. You lose your big fancy house, you get a smaller house. Come on. As so many people that I've talked to are in so much fear, I say, have you ever not been able to eat? No. Have you ever been homeless? No. But I know people that are.
1: Help them. Help them.
2: Help them. And, you know, some people are are reporting... That's the best thing that ever happened to them was being homeless because they're learning what it really means to be alive. I mean, you know, everything is about how you perceive reality. I prefer not to be homeless, but if it happened to me, I would survive that too. But I'd have to have a shower. That's the one thing.
1: (laughs) You can find those at the beach. (laughs) Last question. Actually, two. ETs, and then dolphins, a message from the dolphins to, to end this show. But have you ever had any contact with ETs, well, besides channeling the Syrians?
2: Yes. I have run into a couple of characters in the crop circles who are, I'm quite sure, aliens. In the crop circles on a physical level, in the 3D world? Yes. And they like me, and they seem to follow me around. So I've run into them several times. What do they look like? They look like beautiful blonde Nordic, very tall human beings.
1: I
0: just got the. And
2: in fact so. the Syrians say, you're going to be looking at yourselves when you when you when you when you're looking at ETs. You're going to be shocked to find out that you're looking at yourselves. The universe is a reproduction system. You have, the, according to the Syrians, the greatest variety of species is on planet Earth. Planet Earth is the Garden of Eden, right? So uh, I I know that they, well, for a while I didn't understand what I was up against, but they keep popping in and out of reality. Like I'm sitting looking at someone and the person who's looking at me doesn't react and suddenly this person bangs into me and I turn around and they're there. And it's these two people all the time. Those two, the same two people? Yes. And they um, introduced themselves to me and they wanted to know the fans. They wanted to know how I... Channels the Syrians and what was it like and why did I think that I received it and not other people and I'm like uh (laughs) Uh-oh And One of the times I looked at The man and woman I looked at them and and I just said I have no I have nothing I'm picking up here that I'm familiar with as far as energy patterns, as far as aura This is nothing I know. I don't know this. Um, and then one other time I saw a lens in one of his eyes and I said, uh-oh, okay Pat, okay, don't go in fear. I wish they would at least announce themselves to following me around, but I really do believe that they are, because they're in the crop circles because this is a point of encounter and they're trying to understand why some human beings are getting it, what's going
1: on. Why and some of us are getting this, in and others are still asleep?
2: Yeah. Or or rather than even being in judgment, why are some humans going to the crop circles and others don't give a damn? And um, with me, they read all my books, they knew about my books, and they wanted to know elaborate information about how I hear the Syrians. What does it sound like? How does it come in? Is it like a, a radio wave? These questions. Until so I finally said, hey, why are you drilling me? Who are you? What do you need to know? But they keep appearing around me. And so I I think that I'm pretty sure that these are aliens, and I'm pretty sure they're okay. But it's awkward. It's nothing like I I know, energetically.
1: Wow. So I tell
2: people, and the council effect, In in one of the books, they say you're going to have to look deep into the eyes of the other, deeper than you've ever looked before. And you're going to have to be very discerning. And so if you see people look away when you talk to them, some of them are just, that have psychological problems. But me, I like direct eye contact when I talk to someone. If someone's not willing to look me in the eyes, I'm on red alert. And I'd like to share that with people. You.
1: you describe them almost like Pleiadians. Do we know? Yeah.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of strangeness going on with Pleiadians lately. Uh, It seems that there's a lot of dark information coming out of of, of the Pleiadian information of late. And I don't know what that's about. I really don't know. But I think that there is a race of aliens that we identify as the Nordics that people are seeing. And I think that's what I've run into. And uh, they're on the Earth. And I don't think they're harmful. But it's just not quite right. It's like, it's like trying to communicate to another species. Even though it looks like you and it can talk, there's just something that you can't identify as human frailty. Perfect teeth, chiseled neck. Oh. <laughs> you know, beautiful specimen, but just not quite right. But I think it's exciting. I'm not afraid. Bring it on. Look at I mean I'm so ready for this. Let's have a dinner party. Come on in. Let's talk. I want to get to know you. I was thinking about putting aliens welcome here on my roof in my house.
1: But I thought that would be pushing the envelope. (laughs) Just a little bit too much. I'm sure that there's people that just want to call out and have their experience Uh. with ETs. And The other people I've interviewed had ETs appear at the foot of their bed in the middle of the night and say, come on, this is what you were here to do. Tell the world, get it prepped.
2: Well, the problem with that is you don't just call in anything because it will come. So if you, uh, I recommend to people that if they're going to do that, be sure that you set a um, a light barrier around your bed, at night especially is very tricky stuff, and that if you are determined to make that kind of contact, because so many people want to know how I channel and and, and what, what it's all about. Um, sacred space is something I work on for half an hour in the morning before I start channeling, at night before I go to bed. Um, It's very, very important to be sure that you're surrounded in protective light. And you call upon your spirit warrior um, guides, you call upon your personal guides, the angelic realms, ascendant masters, the whole team, they're all gonna help you and make sure that what you call in is not lower astral stuff. And then be patient because before long, you won't have to do any calling at all. I'd like to go on record as saying that on this date of June fifteenth, two 2011, that before long, the light circles in the sky will be undeniable. And uh, we are in for a treat. Not yes. saviors.
1: Just family. Light circles. Yes. Like the Norway Blue Spiral? Even better.
0: Wonderful. Moving around.
2: there. They come in, they start to line up, and then they do geometric patterns, triangles, circles. It's starting to happen. Keep your eyes peeled.
1: Keep your eyes peeled. And trust. Trust what you see, seeing and trust, believing. Trust
2: what you see and trust that we're in for a ride. Trust your soul. Your soul knew what it was doing when it decided to come in here. You have a task. You, I'm speaking in general, have a task here, and make it fun and make it important. Contribute and enjoy your life. Come on, man, let's get on with it.
1: No more fear. Very well said. Patricia Corey, I want to thank you so much. Your website is patriciacorey.com. Patricia, P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A, Corey, Mm C-O-R-I.com. Any last comments? for listeners of this radio show moving forward.
2: Oh, I would just like to say, well, first of all, thank you to you for all the good work that you're doing. Thank you. And uh, I know that you are a committed, light worker, and that many of the people that are listening to you are right in the room, or I'd like to say right in the zone. And so rather than impart some words of wisdom, I would like to thank all of you for all that you're doing for this planet And to raise the vibration keep up the good work don't get into fear don't let yourself slip into it and if you do if you feel yourself slipping just remember these words your soul knew exactly what it was doing I'm reiterating when it decided to incarnate on this planet it knows exactly when it's gonna leave so you just trust that everything in between is school make it fun
1: make it important thank you so much for being here thank you Laura. and I thank you too for listening please share this program so that we can get this important information out to the rest of the world and be sure to follow this show so you get notifications of our weekly shows full of fresh information that you won't find in mainstream media I now leave you with music from the universe Brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. This is music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. Take a listen to the music and have a beautiful day.